On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we're less than a week away from Major League Pitchers and Catchers reporting. We chat with a pitcher and catcher from this province hoping to make an impact. Welcome to episode 74 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Before we get started with this week's guests, we wanted to take a moment to congratulate the four newly named inductees into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. BC's Justin Morneau, former Blue Jays greats Dwayne Ward and John Olerud, and Montreal sportscaster Jacques Doucette will be formally welcomed in St. Mary's, Ontario on June 20th. Congratulations to all. Now, speaking of Hall of Fames, the last time we had Adam Macko on the podcast, he told us about his goal of being named to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. It's been quite the journey already for the Slovakian-born left-hander, who we had on episode 37 of the podcast, if you want to hear more about his journey from Stony Plain and Vauxhall to getting drafted this past summer in the seventh round of the MLB draft by Seattle. He pitched in nine pro games, eight with the Arizona League Mariners, and then one with the Everett Aquasox. We caught up with him over the last week to talk about the adjustment to pro ball, what's next, and getting to take part in his first spring training next week. Adam, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Last time we had you, you had just been drafted and you were ready to head on your journey. What was the first few months like as you made your way through uh, a Seattle system? It was awesome. Everybody was uh, super welcoming. Everybody made sure that I felt comfortable where I was and uh, that everything was taken care of. When I got there, I was a little bit intimidated by everything, but soon enough I realized that it's, again, just people loving what they do, loving the game. So it was uh, it was great to get to experience that on a, on a, on a different level. And, again, with like all the coaches and stuff, as I was – uh, struggling through some of my times in Arizona, they really helped me dig down deep and get through it. So it was, it was good. What was the the biggest surprise to you as you made your way to Arizona and then uh, I believe you ended up in Everett? Yeah. Um, the biggest surprise is for me, it was people, the players that were there, they were, um, closer to skill level that um, I was at when I was in high school. But the difference was they were very raw. Um, they knew how to hit the ball 120 miles an hour off the bat. They knew how to throw the ball 95. It was just refining all that energy. And, you know, mm-hmm. so that was probably the most surprising thing that people were at an insanely high level like talent wise, but they were just trying to figure out who they were exactly as a baseball player. Did you end up learning a little bit about yourself in the process as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Being in a new environment, learning new ways that the coaches teach and learning new things about the game. Uh, I've changed a lot of things and I, I look at a lot of things differently now. So it's helped me prepare for the spring training in a different way than I have before. 
I know that you were used to kind of moving around the countryside. You're not immune to the idea of not staying in one place for a long time. Do you think that helped you in terms of kind of acclimatizing to being in kind of a different area somewhere that, you know, a lot of kids, when they get drafted and go to that first one, they get, you know, the homesick side of things or, or that kind of thing? Right. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely some people that um, were homesick that, were kind of struggling with uh, staying away from their family and their friends. And it is always tough to be away from the people that you love, but I, I got a little bit used to, I've learned to deal with it a little bit better than some people. So, but always when I, when I go into Arizona, the heat always gets me. So maybe that part of it, I, you can't really get used to, but not quite the same as uh, when you're back here in Alberta and you're having to deal with, you know, not dry heat or any heat for that matter. Exactly. Speaking of the the Canadian side of things, so you've come back home, you're in BC now. What's the winter been like? What have you been working on to make sure that you make an impact uh, in your first spring training? Yeah, again, I've been uh, introduced into a different um, thinking process when I went to Arizona about how my mechanics should work, how I should compete, everything basically. So I've been really trying to implement what the coaches have given me. We've got um, player player plans for the offseason, what we should be working on, what we should try to accomplish when we get to spring training. So that was a huge thing. And just staying consistent and staying honest to myself, make sure I do the work, make sure I do my workouts every single day, make sure I do my throwing according to the plan. And um, I, I trust the plan. I trust the coaches. So I just got to follow it. When it comes to that plan, do you find that it's focused more on the physical side of the game or is there certain uh, attention to detail on the mental side of the game as well? Definitely mental. I've That's one thing. We had a uh, mental strength coach when I was in the high performance camp from October to November and uh, he really touched on a lot of things it was we did a lot of meditating and um, that kind of stuff on the mental side so definitely mental is huge definitely some physical but um, mental side is is the biggest thing that I'm working on it's not trying to uh, think too much over things that you can't really control. I uh, am trying to be in a positive mindset whenever I do anything and definitely getting into that internal, external cues. We talk about a lot when you're uh, competing, you want to be in the external cues. Like, I want to throw the ball right there. You don't want to think, okay, make sure that my hips open up and my shoulders stay closed, you know? So that's one thing I've been working on and doing, doing some meditating. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a separator from being good to being great or being okay to being good, you know, so the mental side is very important to me. So I, I really try to work on that. I know a lot of attention here in Alberta has been focused, especially in the last year, on Mike Soroka, and he's not a kid with a, a massive overpowering arm, but he's the thinking man's pitcher. Is that a guy that you look at and say, okay, that's kind of where I want to take my cues from, especially from a mindset perspective? Yeah, definitely. Some of the things that I've been really learning that maybe my dad has been sending me, um, he sends me a lot of topics and, and things like that. So uh, I've been reading a lot about him, and he is very mature. 
he thinks through the game very strategically, and I would, that's definitely something that I would want to do. When you look back at it, is there anything that you would have changed about what you did and your your journey through that process, um, especially given that you know you managed to actually get in a few games? Yeah, um, there's always something that could be, uh, happen smoother. That's something that could turn out better. But I think one thing that I would change is not uh, not be so intimidated at first by the hitters and give them too much credit people always tend to give the hitters too much credit but it's still a game where if a hitter succeeds three out of ten times they're in the hall of fame right so it's still a very tough game for the hitter and just try not to give anyone too much credit because you should give yourself the most credit from that standpoint then you're entering your first spring training what are you excited for I'm excited for meeting every all the players from different uh, leagues and different levels, and try to pick their brains, see what see what I can learn from them, and definitely meeting back again with my friends and just you know having a good time learning together about how the spring training works and maybe find out where where I end up. It'll certainly be a good cross-section of experience when you head down there from those young up-and-comers to the grizzled veterans. You almost have to become a bit of a sponge, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for that. They have been playing the game for a lot longer than I have, especially at the professional level. So anything that they might have to offer, I definitely like to pick their brains and find out what it is. But it's it's a great environment with the Mariners. It's You can't really... Um, tell who's the older guy based off of how people interact with each other. Everybody interacts with each other the same, whether you're a high school guy, whether you're you've been playing for five years, ten years in the in the professional baseball. So everybody is very friendly, uh, from the coaching staff to all the staff, basically, and including the players. It's 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 great. Do you have goals set out for yourself for 2020? Yes, I do. They're more of not really goals that um, maybe like, oh, have a two ERA or something like that. They're more uh, internal, like continue meditating. It's like the, it's the small things, continue meditating. Um, do not slack on, uh, on working out because it's easy during the season when you're feeling tired, you're feeling whatever, you just say, oh, I'm, I'm dad i'm just not gonna work out today i've done that um a couple times and i I hated that about myself so one thing i want to do is make sure i get in the gym do even something small even if i'm feeling a little bit tired or sore so doing that and to continue working on my mechanics but not to change my mechanics because i've watched uh jake arrieta he had an interview he got so good when he came to the Cubs because he stopped changing his mechanics, stopped trying to be better. He just found one type that he liked and he ran with it and perfected it. So that, that's not a thing that I want to do. Do you have a certain level you'd like to get at in, in the pro ranks or are you going to kind of, as you said, to trust the systems and, and continue to work at each level as it comes at you? Yeah. Um, one big,
big goal of mine in professional baseball is to not get caught up in the in the stats or in uh, the money or in the rankings or some s- stuff like that. I would love to just continue playing the game that I love and enjoying it and not get too much of those other things get in the way. Those will always take care of themselves. Fantastic stuff. Well, Adam, I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast and good luck as spring training is just right around the corner. That's right. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. This will be the second spring training for Spruce Grove's Laron Smith. The Dogs Academy alumni was drafted in the 25th round of the 2018 MLB draft by Minnesota. He played in 13 games for the Gulf Coast League Twins that summer, then came back last season to hit 281 with five doubles and an RBI in nine games before injuries derailed his campaign. The 19-year-old first baseman and outfielder is also adjusting to changing positions as he was challenged after being drafted to try catching. It's a different vantage point for the young man who was guest on episode three of the podcast with his brother, Kobe Highland, who is a senior at the University of Houston. Earlier this week, we talked about that, his journey thus far in pro baseball, and the trials and tribulations he's faced. Leron, thanks so much for joining us again on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. Heading into now your second official spring training, how excited are you to get going now? Uh, I've been itching at the chance to get into spring training and show what I really can do, you know. Got to be a really interesting dynamic for yourself coming off a year. You had a bit of an injury and, and trying to deal with that. What was the key going into the winter and trying to get yourself set up for uh, spring training? Uh, really just kind of like losing weight was kind of my biggest goal. Um, but definitely just making sure that shoulder will be healthy, making sure I'm just healthy in general, um, changing up some diet, uh, dieting and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, really just come back strong, make sure I can play a full season. How happy were you with the games that you did get in? I mean, nine games, you hit 281, you had a, an RBI, a few doubles. I mean, you, you seem to be hitting the ball real well. Yeah, last year I felt like I definitely that was going to be a year for my bat to really show. But uh, of course, injury kind of cut it a little short. But definitely, definitely looking to like add on to that and show what I can do both sides of the field. Talk about your first year, couple of years here worth of pro ball. Anything take you by surprise? Anything that has really stuck out to you as you've been uh, trying to capture the attention of the Minnesota Twins? Uh, honestly, just the the non-individualism. That, like You know how pro ball always has that stigma of it being really individualized and everybody trying to do their stuff for themselves. But once you kind of form a bond with some, t- some of these guys and stuff like that everybody really just roots for whoever like whatever and like whoever is like crossing their paths what's been the biggest learning curve you've had to adjust to uh definitely the catching that's for sure like uh, i'm still have that infielder's blood in me so i still try to go pick everything but really trying to own in and trying to get the blocking and all that stuff down and yeah just kind of the whole catching mindset is that a different kind of position to play? Because you talk about talk about it with different catchers, and they say it's kind of like being the captain of the field. You've got the only spot on the field where you've got that unique vantage point and seeing everything from the infield to the outfield. How different is that to be kind of the the engineer behind everything? Uh, it's very different. Like having having all that control, it's kind of crazy and. So that I feel like that was a little overwhelming for me my first year, first couple of years, but really kind of just 
getting to know everybody, knowing your pitchers, kind of knowing your infielders, just kind of always having that open communication with coaches and uh, pitchers and players like on your team, it really helps you kind of kind of relax into that captain role a little bit. Have you leaned on anyone in particular to help with that transition into catching? Um, really just kind of all my coordinators here, catching coordinators, uh, a lot of the catchers here, because like, we're kind of one big, like whole kind of big family. And we just kind of want the best for everybody. So we always really try to help each other and stuff like that. But um, yeah, for sure. Just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the guys here are really good. So it's not bad to try to uh, ask him a few questions. I know you've been back home during the off season. Anyone in particular you want to single out for helping you get game ready? Um, uh, yeah, for a while there, I was working uh, down in Edmonton with uh, Mike Johnson, kind of just talking about like how he like attacked hitters and stuff like that. Kind of get like the pitcher's side really helped me kind of try to focus in a game plan, kind of bring into the spring training. But uh, definitely down in uh, at the dogs, like definitely just talking to Ethier about catching, talking about or talking to Hollick about hitting, just kind of getting an open communication through them is just always going to be a benefit or help like benefit for me. I'm I'm curious. I've asked this of a few guys who just recently made their their pro debuts and going to camps. Have you found yourself awestruck at all? Do you find that moment of, holy crap, I'm here? <laughs> yeah, that well, definitely my first year. That's for sure. Like. Uh, first it was pretty crazy especially my first spring training because you get guys who just come over to your field randomly like Nelson Cruz and all those big name players that you see watching like you grow up watching and you see on TV you just kind of like that's when you know like holy it's real like this is I'm here the Twins have made a few moves in the offseason I look at former Blue Jay Josh Donaldson as one of the examples I assume that'll be one of the players you're going to be watching and learning from uh, I mean, it can only, you can only get, like, as much as you kind of want to open that communication with them. Like, obviously, they're always busy on the MLB side, on the big league side. But, um, like, I've seen Jonathan hitting in cages and stuff like that uh, prior when I was with uh, Team Canada and just watching how much, like, effort he puts into uh, how his work in those little, like, time periods in the cages and stuff like that. It'd be awesome to kind of... Uh, pick his brain a little bit speaking of picking brains how much of spring training is exactly that it's not necessarily about showing up what you showing off what you can do but you've got that downtime where you're sitting with teammates and some of them are at different levels than you so you've got that opportunity to uh, chat with them a little bit about their journeys and and try to get a a bit of an inside scoop uh like like i said everybody's here everybody has the same goal but Everybody's also asking questions, especially if you get somebody who comes in a little higher level than you, uh, somebody in a different position that's like been working and stuff like that. You just kind of always have that open communication with everybody, and it's pretty good. It's just a pretty good environment in general. Speaking of goals, have you set any out for yourself for 2020? Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, obviously, probably the main one on my head right now is um, staying healthy for a whole season. Um, Definitely making a team would be great out of spring training and then uh, getting catching under, or getting a couple games catching under my belt. That would be a pretty good, uh, pretty big goal for me too. We chatted with you just over a year ago, I guess it was, for the podcast. And here we are talking about pro ball again. Does it amaze you how far you've come? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's crazy how much my growth has come. Um, even while I was injured, like 
just learning kind of rehab routines, all that stuff, just making sure I keep my body like healthy and all that. Like it's been, it's been tremendous, definitely very, very tremendous for me to kind of get my body into where, or to where it needs to be to perform at such a high level here. There's obviously the men, uh, the physical side of things. There's obviously the, the health side of things. But what about the mental side of things? How much of that is preached at a major league or even a minor league level? Um, pretty big here now. Uh, we got a bunch of um, mental like health coaches around here now, which is going to be awesome because definitely when I got injured last year, I struggled with that mental health a little bit and like this off season, I really owned like kind of honed in on it, like making sure I'm mentally strong to you know play a full season. You also have your brother Kobe down at University of Houston. How much did you lean on him during the good times and the bad times? Uh, well, when he was down uh, during the holidays, like like I just kind of was real with him. Like I was just like really told him that like I think I went through a pretty dark hole when I was when I started getting in or when I got injured, and he was just telling me like. Uh, his struggles sometimes in college and how he kind of fought through it too. And I was just like, I really like leaned on him for some advice and stuff like that and been using it ever since. How nice is it to have that ace in your back pocket like that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's indescribable, I guess. Like having my, my brother is just having that baseball mind that's been through it a lot longer than I have and been str- struggled has been very good, uh, had very good seasons and stuff like that. Just kind of, just getting to pick his brain, I guess, about his highs and lows and what kind of got him through all that. And it's just great. Like, it's just great to have that in your back pocket. And now you get to turn a bit of a chapter here heading into the new year and into the new summer. Uh, what excites you the most about heading into kind of the, the new spring? Um, definitely just how my body has been feeling. Like, definitely just really excited to kind of put on a show, I guess, the spring training and try to get out of here before I extend it. Laurent, we're really excited to watch your development. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. All the best in spring training, and here's to a healthy 2020. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Adam Mako and Laurent Smith for joining us on the podcast this week. And as always, thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. We'd like to take a moment right now to thank all of our sponsors, the Oaktokes Dogs, Dogs Academy, the Western Canadian Baseball League, and Vauxhall Academy of Baseball for all of their continued support. For more information on all of our sponsors and how to get involved yourself, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash sponsors. Until next time, thanks again for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.